0: Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Verse 3, Genesis 21. You know, there's in Psalm chapter 2, when the the human nations and kings are depicted at as, you know, shaking their fist at God and, and they want to assemble their armies to fight God, the Bible says God, laughs. He laughs. Like, look at these little pipsqueaks. Michael, the archangel, get a load of this, <laughs> right? God knows what he's doing. He has made me glad. You know, I don't always realize the promises in the moment and sometimes I don't always feel that they're here, but God sometimes just says, Michael, walk by faith. Don't walk by sight. Don't walk by what you see. Trust me. And we all go through these times where, you know, we don't always have the evidence right in front of us. And God says, I want you to walk on a promise and rise above your circumstances. And so laughter came. There are beautiful parallels between the birth of Isaac and the birth of Jesus. A lesser miracle is Isaac's birth. It was done, it happened in a natural way, but it was still miraculous. Jesus' birth was definitely supernatural. From the lesser miracle to the greater miracle, Isaac becomes a type of Jesus Christ. In the next chapter, uh, Abraham becomes a type of the father who would offer um, <clears throat> his son, his only son on the mountain, when Mary was told by the angel that she's going to uh, give birth to a child, she says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And Luke 1.37 says, nothing will be impossible with God. Do you see the parallel? Sarah didn't believe it, and God said, oh, nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Mary, who had more faith than Sarah, uh, said, I'm the bondservant of God, but how can this be? And the response of the angel was, nothing will be impossible for God. Both children were named before they were born. You will bear a son and call his name Jesus. And in Genesis 17:21, Sarah will give birth to this appointed son, and his name will be called Isaac. You can look at uh, I don't have the verse right in front of me. But anyway, both names, in some ways were symbolic. Uh, this, this particular child, Isaac, would bring joy and laughter, almost surprising laughter, and Jesus, of course, would bring joy to many people. In fact, the angel in Luke 2, 10, 11 says, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people for today in the city of David has been born for you a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This baby made the angels sing, I don't know if angels were singing at the birth of Isaac. I don't know if heaven was laughing at the birth of Isaac, but I know angels were singing at the birth of Jesus. Amen? Gloria in excelsis Deo, right? Glory to God in the highest. Great story. Do you believe it for you? Do you believe that these promises are actually for you tonight? That you're part of the story, that God wants to do incredible things in your life. Well, here's Abraham, verse 4, and he circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old. This was the Abrahamic covenant recorded in uh, chapter 17, verses 10 through 14. Every child born was to be circumcised the eighth day. The number eight is the number of new beginnings. And so the child was circumcised. Jesus was circumcised, by the way. John was circumcised. And this meant that you were part of the nation. To be circumcised in the Abrahamic covenant meant you were part of Israel. But it meant something else. It was a cutting away of the flesh. If you cross-reference Exodus 22.30, it has the idea of releasing the child to God. In Christian churches, uh, most evangelical churches, although this does happen in some Christian churches, we don't baptize children, but we dedicate them. And when we dedicate a child, what we're saying, what those parents are saying, whether they know it or not, is, I am dedicating this child to your service, O God. It's almost a type of circumcision, if you will, because what it means is this child, even though I I know this child is mine for a season to rear the child and take care of the child, ultimately, this child belongs to you, God. And so that's another layer of circumcision. Now, Abraham, verse 5, was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And part of the miracle here is Abraham was not only given strength and Sarah to bear Isaac, but after Sarah died, write this down, Genesis 25, 1 and 2, Abraham remarried. He married a woman named Keturah, and get this, he had six more sons and lived to the age of 175. Moses, when he got going really with his ministry, was eighty. And so some of us, you know, when we get a little older we're moving to a retirement age, perhaps, we think, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to be as usable. But you know what? God did incredible things through younger people and older people in the Bible. And Sarah said, God, verse 6, has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And every time they called him, Isaac, dinner's ready. What they were saying is, laughter, come, come and get your dinner. Laughter, every time they called him. The whole story, his name is a reminder of God's faithfulness. He has made me glad. Psalm 92. I'm gonna just read it. This is verses one through four. It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to thy name, O Most High, to declare thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness by night. With a 10-stringed lute with, and with the harp, with resounding music upon the lyre, for thou, O Lord, has made me glad by what thou hast done. I will sing for joy at the works of thy hands, Psalm 92, one through four. I'm a little biased, but when my son was up here playing piano, I felt like I was on holy ground tonight. Did you? Sometimes I don't even know how to express. I know as sometimes worship leaders look out and they sometimes wonder, you know, what's going on in our hearts. But sometimes I can't even sing the words. But I'm, I'm worshiping my God. And the child grew, verse eight, and he was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Now, in Hebrew culture, they would wean the child at about three years old, so Isaac, in all likelihood, is three, and Dad throws a big barbecue. He has a big party. He wants to celebrate this event, which was big in Jewish culture, kind of a step-up, if you will, in childhood. And so he throws a big party. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar that's Ishmael the Egyptian whom she had born to Abraham, and what was he doing? He was mocking. Now, you got to just pause in the story for a second. And the son of promise is born and everything's wonderful and he has maybe glad and there's laughter in the camp and people are sending cards to Abraham and Sarah and stories are being told in the town. But if you're Hagar and Ishmael, they may have spent a lot of time in the corner with an upside down smile. I don't find this humorous at all. You know why? Her son was being supplanted. You know, there may—I mean, even Abraham thought for a time that he was going to be the son, and you know maybe Hagar was holding on to that. And now all of a sudden, here's this little kid bopping around, and they're having a weaning party for him. I don't even—what is that? A weaning party, right? And there's some mockery going on. Some of the irony here. Uh, at this time, Ishmael is, um, oh, I think he's about fifteen or sixteen years of age right now. And so he's mocking the little three-year-old. See the word he was mocking at the end of verse 9? This is um, to make fun of. It's actually an intensive form of Isaac's name to laugh. And so we can understand Ishmael's resentment, and he started mocking the kid. He's like, oh, yeah, let me tell you something, laughter. (laughs) And I don't know what he was doing. But you can imagine a teenager with a three year old, and you know how siblings can be sometimes. It's not always pretty, even the l- real little kids, right, with the teenagers in a household. Well, Sarah looked over there, the party's going on, and, and, you know, here's Ishmael, and I don't think he likes the kid very much at all. Galatians 4.29, which uses this whole scene as an allegory, says that the, the son of the flesh, Ishmael, was persecuting him who was born according to the spirit. He was persecuting the son of promise. Therefore, she, Sarah, verse 10, said to Abraham, drive out this maid and her son. For the son of this maid shall not be an heir with my son, Isaac. And the matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. His wife pulled him aside in the party and said, do you know what that teenage boy that was born to you through Hagar? I'm I'm sure she's still a little bitter about it, right? He's mocking your son but he is my son too. I know, but I want him out of here tomorrow. (laughs) You ever been in that kind of spot? What do I do now? I mean, Abraham loved Ishmael. He had spent years, you know, pouring into this son and he was greatly distressed. An allegorical picture arises in Galatians 4, 21 through 31. I'm not going to take you there now, but I would ask you to write it down. Galatians 4, 21 through 31 where Paul takes an allegory. He's not saying that the scripture should not take, been taken in a literal sense, but through the Holy Spirit, he says there's an allegory. There's a, there's a, a picture here between Ishmael and Isaac, and it's this Ishmael is the son of the law, the son of the flesh, and Isaac is the son of promise or the son of the spirit. And here's the allegory the the son of the flesh needs to go. We know that Ishmael was birthed through an action of the flesh trying to help out God, if you will, and that son had to go. And you and I, when we have things in our past, we have things that have been produced by the flesh, we need to get them out of our lives. Now, some people might say, well, that's pretty insensitive. No, God was going to take care of this family as well. He was going to take care of Sarah and Ishmael as well. But That's the analogy, that's the allegory in uh, Galatians 4, 21 through 31. God said to Abraham, I'm sure Abraham was probably in prayer. Excuse me, my voice is going here. Maybe his prayer was something like, God, what do I do? Look at verse 12. And God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the lad and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her. That's when, as a husband, I asked for clarification from the Lord, (laughs) Lord, was that you? Are you sure? Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her. For through Isaac, your descendant shall be named. And the son of the maid, I will make a nation also because he is your descendant. So God's direction to Abraham was listen. You know, maybe part of the problem here was Ishmael was Abraham's backup plan. You got one of those? Do you keep some quote-unquote Ishmael's around just in case. In case the promise doesn't work out, in case, you know, are you a plan A, B, and C-er? Okay, if this doesn't work, honey, if prayer doesn't work, <laughs> if God doesn't come through, then, right? No? And maybe that's what was going on here. Uh, James Montgomery Boyce says, I tend to think of the separation here as, as preparation For Abraham's supreme test, Abraham had to trust God and release any backup plans that pointed to Ishmael. Is God asking you to release a backup plan tonight? Is he saying, just trust me, I told you, you're going to make it, this is where you're going to end up. And so Ishmael's have to be released. And Abraham rose early in the morning, 14, took bread. A skin of water gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulder. He gave her the boy and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. And from our understanding of scripture, he never saw Ishmael again. God was gracious. He took the self-created mess of Abraham and Sarah and worked it all together for good. How many messes has God worked out for you? How many times has he taken the tattered pieces of our lives, messes that we've created and still turn them together for good. God is so good to us, isn't he? And so Abraham had to bear, bid him farewell, and off went the son of the flesh. And the water in the skin was used up 15, and she, Hagar, left the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him, a bow shot away, and she said, Do not let me see the boy die. They're out of water. They're in the desert. She sat opposite him. She lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the lad crying. And the angel of God, who will appear in the next chapter, the angel of the Lord, the same one who intervened to stop Abraham from killing Isaac, called to Hagar from heaven, the angel of God, I believe is Jesus here, and said to her, many of you need to mark this in your Bible tonight what is the matter with you, Hagar? <laughs> I just want to ask you, this has struck me. Have you ever felt like there was a voice from heaven that said that to you? Maybe you're in a corner doing some stinking thinking. Maybe you're ready to hang it up, give up, mail it in, not sure you can be a Christian anymore, and you're over here in a corner and you say, Everybody's bailed on me, you don't even hear me pray anymore. And God says, What's the matter with you, Michael? <laughs> Did you attend what's the matter, you university? I'm Italian, so that's where you get that. What's the matter, you? Right? What are you doing? You ever have moments like that? Where God says, Do you believe any of this stuff? Do you do you really believe your Bible? And you say, Lord, right now I need some help. (laughs) And so when the water's used up and things aren't looking good, well, she cried to heaven and here's the answer. You might want to mark this as well. Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Don't be afraid. Arise. I mark this in my notes. Lift up the lad. You know, sometimes as more mature Christians, we need to do more lifting up other people, amen? But how can you lift up others if you yourself aren't lifted up by God, amen? And so arise, get up, stop doing what you're doing. Lift up the lad, hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him, and that's what God promised earlier. And then God, would you notice in your Bible, opened her eyes, I marked that in my Bible because it made me think of the scene between Elisha and Gehazi when the chariots were coming in and he said, alas, my master, 2 Kings 6, what shall we do? And he said, do not fear. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. We sing that. We need to pray that more. And so notice what happens. God opened her eyes. She saw a well of water. There was a provision there, and she couldn't see it because of her tears or whatever was going on, but there was a provision there, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave it to the lad to drink, gave the lad a drink, and God was with the lad, and he grew and he lived in the wilderness and became an archer. And he lived in the wilderness of Paran. And his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. That's where uh, Hagar was from originally. Now, it came about at that time, as we wind down, we'll see, this is bookend between, uh, remember the lie that uh, Abraham told to Abimelech that Sarah was his sister? He meets this guy again, and here's how the text finishes. Now it came about at that time that Abimelech, he's the king of what later would be the land of the Philistines, and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. They saw that. Now therefore swear to me, 23, here by God, that you will what? Not deal falsely. <laughs> Sound familiar? She's my sister, she's my sister, yeah. Don't feel, deal falsely with me, or with my offspring, or with my posterity. But according to the kindness that I have shown you, you shall show to me and to the land in which you have sojourned. And Abraham said, I swear it. But Abraham complained to Abimelech because of the well of water which the servants of Abimelech had seized. And Abimelech said, I did not know who has done this thing, neither did you tell me, nor did I hear it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen, he gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves, and Abimelech said to Abraham, what do these seven ewe lambs mean which you have set by themselves? And he said, you shall take these seven ewe lambs from my hand in order that it may be a witness to me that I dug this well. It's mine, I want it back. Therefore he called the place Beersheba, because there the two of them took an oath. So they made a covenant at Beersheba, and Abimelech and Phacol, the commander of his army, arose and returned to the land of the Philistines. And Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba. I just want to make one final point about laughter. Do you remember that the last scene in the the Bible that we studied together was Abraham lying to Abimelech, deceiving him, but God worked it together for good, and he warned Abimelech in a dream, you touch her and you're dead. She's married. And so Abimelech confronts Abraham, and Abraham says, well, I didn't think any of you people feared God around here, And so he ends up praying for him. But as Abraham walked away from Abimelech, what do you think Abimelech was thinking after that interaction? Yeah, he may be a prophet of God, but he's a hypocrite. Do you think there was a little bit of a bad taste in Abimelech's mouth? Like maybe the witness was a little tarnished. Anybody, maybe some of you are relating to this. You have an interaction that's taken place You haven't resolved this with this person. Maybe the person's a non-Christian and you were not the greatest witness in that interaction. Well, look at what happens here. God has allowed an opportunity to heal this interaction. This is even a restoration of that relationship that had been left a bad taste and God allowed it to be healed and both men were able to move forward and perhaps even to laugh about it later. Do you remember when You said she was your sister. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. You remember how God told me he was gonna kill me in my dream? Yeah, I remember that, right? And somehow God allows a restoration to occur. You may be going through something tonight where you need that to occur. Look at what Abraham does at the end. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree. I think it speaks of blessing and prosperity at Beersheba. There he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. I'm sure he called upon him in worship and thankfulness. And Abraham sojourned in the land of the Philistines for many days. He has made me glad. The story, your story in Christ, will end in laughter. Joy unspeakable, that's the end of the book, forever and ever, we will be with him. Fullness of joy, pleasures at his right hand forevermore, Psalm 16, The question is, is he your Lord? Are you walking that faith walk right now? Do you know him? Do you know the blessings and the goodness of God? If you wanna know him in this way, one of the things that you need to do is decide to meet him. And I know this room is filled with a lot of Christians, but if you don't know him, you're not sure that you know him, make him Lord of your life. King, if you wanna call him Lord, do you know what you're saying? You're saying that he's your master. That's what the word Lord means. And it is about trust, believing that he will be true to his word. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've made us glad. Thank you that you are an awesome God. Thank you that we can offer to people a God who is true to his promises. You know, you, many hundreds of years before Jesus came, 500, 1,000 plus years, you made a promise. A Messiah would come. You told about the place of his birth. You told about the way he would die. You even prophesied his resurrection, his betrayal. And it took a long time. In Isaac's case, 25 plus years. In Jesus' case, some of the prophecies, people had to wait for a 1,000 years. That's a long time. But then it happened. And Jesus came, and he was born on that Bethlehem night to save us to make us new again, to give us hope again. This is what we give to our world, a reason for the hope that is in us. And we do it with gentleness and respect. Lord, thank you that you're with us on the sojourn and that this story will end in laughter. And whatever may be weighing on our hearts tonight, help us to release it to you. Help us to release the Ishmaels in our life to you. The things that we've allowed the flesh to dominate, areas of our life, let us let it go. Let us think on that voice from heaven, what's the matter with you? I'm gonna open your eyes and open our eyes to blessings that we often miss, Lord, right in front of us. Make our hearts glad, fill us with joy, not a plastic smile, but joy that flows from the fountain of God. As we look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, Despise the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. Let us not grow weary. Let us keep our eyes on him. What he started, he will finish. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we continue to look at Genesis 21, we see that trouble starts in the tent. After there's laughter, there's some trouble, and that's kind of the way life is, right? Sometimes we go through a day, sometimes an hour, it's not full without laughing and crying. And this did happen in the tent of Abraham. As Isaac was born, this miracle child, the child of promise, came along. You know, there was trouble, and as the child grew and was weaned, and there was a feast for Isaac there was trouble. And that is that the son of Hagar, Ishmael, was mocking little Isaac. He was mocking little laughter. And so Sarah said to Abraham, drive out the maid and her son. It's time for them to exit stage left. And this was tough for Abraham because, you know, he loved his son. He loved, obviously, Isaac, but he loved Ishmael as well. But God intervened and said, don't be distressed because of the lad and your maid. And follow what Sarah tells you. And I will make of him a great nation. And Abraham had to do something that's tough to do in life. He had to let go. He had to let Ishmael go. And so he did just that. The middle part of Genesis 21 is really Abraham trusting God that he could release Ishmael to the Lord. The angel of the Lord meets Hagar in the wilderness and takes care of them and fulfills his promise to Hagar and Ishmael as well. And once again, we're reminded that God is faithful to his promises. God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water when she thought everything was done and God provided at a well. God is faithful. And the lad grew and he lived in the wilderness and he became an archer and God made him a great nation. And I just want to remind you that whatever side you're on in terms of looking at life, whether you're Abraham or Sarah or you're Ishmael or Hagar or your Isaac, God was faithful to his promises and in a past study we looked at Hagar she's kind of the one that's overlooked largely in the book of Genesis but God had a promise for her as well and he did not forget about her and God has not forgotten about you he's not forgotten about your problems and your trials and your heartache and he will meet you where you are today and thank God that you're in the word of God that you're listening to the Bible even at this moment right now you've chosen to turn on Christian Radio, and you are dialed into Living Truth Radio. And we're so appreciative that you are. Hey, if we can pray for you in any way, reach out to us at livingtruthradio.org. Use the contact form. Send us a prayer request, and we'll be sure to pray for you and let us know how we can minister to you. Again, that's livingtruthradio.org. And we appreciate you listening. Tell a friend. Keep us in prayer, and we'll catch you next time on the broadcast. God bless you.